Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Oh, how many, that's the prayer of your heart today. You know, my wife and I were on this long-anticipated trip to the country that her parents immigrated to Canada from. So the plane landed in Rome, we got our luggage into this rental car, and uh, it's, it, it had a little bit of trouble starting, the rental car did, but we got it going, but it was sputtering and coughing, the motor was, and, uh, but then it seemed to accelerate, and we got out on the highway, and we were going along fine, and then suddenly it just, just, just started de-accelerating all on its own, and then sputtered and coughed, and then took off again. What was going on? Here's what was going on. <laughs> we checked the gauge. It, it was full, all right? But you know how when you rent a car, you're supposed to make sure that it comes back with a full tank of gas? Well, whoever rented it before us had topped it up with <laughs> something other than gas. I don't know, it was water, whatever it was, it was not what that car was designed to run on. We're in a, a four-week series, halfway through now, about living on empty. Today we're going to talk about how to create space to recharge. And I want to tell you about an ancient weekly therapy for your soul. Now, listen, for years I heard about it, I knew it was in the Bible, but I did not practice it much to, uh, you know, my, um, well, I didn't benefit from it at all. I, I, my soul would get empty because I didn't practice it. My, my view of life uh, from just a child on has always been, listen, I'm going to accomplish as much as I can in life in as short a time as possible. So when I went to elementary school, I skipped a grade. When I went to high school, I had a full-time job at the IGA grocery store at the same time and tried to do well at both. Uh, when I went to college, they had to give special approval to let a 17-year-old go into the college. When I went to university after that, uh, I had a, a full-time course load at McMaster University in Hamilton and a full-time job pastoring, assistant pastor, in a church right here in Toronto. So I just wanted to come, but it was when I was 24, and I became lead pastor in Edmonton. That's when I really began to get busy, okay? That's where the busyness really started. And we had multiple services, and I was uh, a leader in, in the denomination that I was a part of. I was, uh, we had the largest evangelical ministerial in the country, served on the board of the Evangelical Fellowship Interdenominational Group for Canada. And, and I, I just was uh, going, you say, were you a workaholic? Well, I prefer to think of it as being um, a, a, a productivity uh, nerd, you know, a productivity geek. How about that? <laughs> I, I just wanted to get as much done. I weighed 40 pounds less than what I do now. You say, well, how much do you weigh now? 
none of your business, all right? But here's what I am saying. I know all about spending years of my life without creating space, uh, without creating space for, for rest and, and for my soul. I know what that's like. But then, I, I'm happy to tell you that for years, for decades, I have learned how to weekly recharge my life with an ancient soul therapy that God actually prescribes in the Bible for humans. And uh, now, if I compare my life as a you know productivity geek to practicing this ancient soul therapy, I see three major differences. I see that I became healthier in other areas of my life, but especially my soul. You say, what's the soul? Your soul is your, your mind, your emotions, your, your vision, your thinking, your perspective on life. And I became... Um, just so much healthier there. Uh, there was just so much less, there was stress and anxiety, but a lot less of it, and I handled it better. And you know that temptation when you're just harassed and busy and you're just overdoing it? You, you, your mind wants to escape to things that are not that healthy for your soul. And, and I would have that temptation as well. So much less of that when I learned to practice this soul therapy that God prescribed. Secondly, I was able to be in the moment more. And my memory got better. You don't know how many people, my wife would be the main one, that would remind me of good things that happened during those busy years. And people that I had the privilege of pastoring tell me, I have no recollection of it. No, or it's sort of vague. Because I was not in the moment. I was always just getting that done to get on with something else. And I didn't really record uh, anything about what had, the good that had just happened. And so I, uh, years of my life, I was just so busy and fast and hurried and harassed. I, I just didn't, I, I, I missed out on things. I wasn't present. My mind was elsewhere. And then the third difference is a surprise outcome. I'm going to tell you about it later, all right? It, it, was, it totally surprised me because it was the opposite of what I thought would happen if I practiced God's ancient soul therapy. You say ancient? How old is it? How, how ancient is it? How about in the beginning? How about when the world began? How about that old? Listen, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. Now, why would God, <laughs> Almighty, who doesn't sleep, he doesn't have a physical body, he's a spiritual being, how can he get tired? Why would he ever have to rest? It doesn't say God was so tired from creating everything that he rested. It does not say that. It, it, the word used for rest is Shabbat. We, we translate it Sabbath. It's a Hebrew word that means to cease and celebrate. Remember that, to cease, to just full stop. Cease and then celebrate. There's gratitude. There's enjoyment there. You know, I was thinking, it's sort of like, um, I have a friend who was an artist, and I've seen him when he paints, just the skill and the amazing, he, he, and, he, and he does this beautiful painting, and, and at the very end, he'll just, and many times through, he just step back and, and look at what he is making. He just step back and look at it. He just, almost like he's enjoying. He just ceases from what he has been doing, and he takes time to Sabbath. 
Sabbath was so important for humans that God had Moses include it in one of the Ten Commandments. You know, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, and it goes on to say this, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And for centuries, Jewish people benefited from the time of Moses, uh, benefited from practicing a Sabbath from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, that 24 hours they were doing something different from what they did the other six days of the week, something totally different. And, and they, they, they benefited from it so very much until the exile to Babylon distorted the Sabbath. The scribes, I don't know whether the scribes during the Babylonian exile had way too much time in their hands, but the scribes got a hold of the Sabbath commandment and they choked the life out of it. They just buried it in so many rules and regulations that you, you couldn't even see the original intent of God for the Sabbath for, for human beings. It became a burden instead of a a, a, a God-prescribed benefit for humans. Now you say, well, what's a scribe? A scribe is a religious lawyer. Thank God for lawyers. I have friends that are lawyers. But how many, you know, they, they, they know how to do the fine print. <laughs> At least, especially those that, that, that focus on that. And these religious lawyers sure would, someone said this, who else but a lawyer would write a hundred-page document and then call it a brief, you know? So these, these scribes were right into these documents. And by the time Jesus arrived, the Pharisees appointed themselves as the Sabbath police. Have you ever seen that phrase in Acts 1? One time I was reading in Acts 1, I saw this phrase, Sabbath day's journey. And so I looked it up, and the scribes had made a law made this rule that you could only walk 2,000 cubits on the Sabbath day. You know, if you're a good, God-fearing Jew, you only walk 2,000 cubits. That's 1.2 kilometers. And uh, I, I got thinking, so what do you do if you've, uh, if you've walked all your 2,000 cubits and you're still 12 cubits away from your, 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 your front door to your home? What do you do, just stand there until sundown? You know, I just pictured all these, if they had Apple watches, I just picture their, their you know, the, the circle being complete. You have now completed your, your Sabbath day quota for, for steps, for walking. And, uh, you know, but listen, if, if you, uh, the oven that you ha have at home, it likely has a, uh, a Sabbath setting on it. Check your owner's man, you'll see. And then, listen, if you go to Israel, um, where there's a great concentration of wonderful Jewish people, you will see that the elevators in those parts of uh, the country will have a Sabbath, Sabbath setting on them. So, because it's too much work to push the button on the Sabbath, so you just get in and it stops at every floor, a lot of them. And then, uh, uh, same thing with the lights in your hotel room. There's a Sabbath setting, so you don't have to... Listen, this is how complicated the Sabbath had become just like it is today in many parts of the world, when Jesus came into the world. And that's why the scribes and the Sabbath police, 
the Pharisees, just literally pounced on Jesus with angry, legalistic, self-righteous anger when, when he healed a man on the Sabbath. You know, the story's told in Mark chapter 3 in the Gospels of the New Testament of the Bible. And it goes on to, and so Jesus asks them, he sees they're, they're really uptight about this. They're, they're just watching him to accuse him of doing some work on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to them, what is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And it says they remain silent. He, it says he looked around at them deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, and he healed the man. Then it says the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. How many of these are people that, <laughs> talk about overkill, they're taking their Sabbath very, very seriously. All right, Luke 14, one Sabbath, there's another one, Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, and he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from an abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking a hold of the man, he healed him. He healed him. And then he asked them, he said, if one of you has a, has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And it says, and they had nothing to say. That, that's two examples. Let's look at the third one together, all right? One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, all right? So going for a nice walk in the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain, sort of making some Granola bars for themselves, I suppose. The Pharisee said to him, Jesus, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, listen, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. You know, I mean, think of how silly and presumptuous and really embarrassing it is. Imagine, imagine instructing the Son of God about the Sabbath he invented telling him, this is the way you do it right now. You may have invented this. You may be God's son, but we're, we're telling you how to do it. You know, my, uh, I have some grandsons that are old enough now. We, we will do some of these knock-knock who's there jokes, and uh, they're good. Uh, they get me laughing a lot. But So I, I had one for them recently. I, I said, what, what, uh, what would Jesus say if you tried to tell him a knock-knock joke, you know? Because you'd say to Jesus, knock, knock, and he'd say, I already know who's there. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the God who, who, who knows about Sabbath. Sabbath was his idea. He already knows how this Sabbath is supposed to work. He invented it with his Father God. You know, I think the most helpful uh, line that Jesus says here is the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus is saying, you got it backwards, people. You got it backwards. It's not about you keeping the Sabbath. It's about the Sabbath keeping you. It keeps you from living on empty. 
It keeps your souls from getting fatigued. Now, listen, if I stop teaching right here, you could say, well, Pastor Keith, okay, so we'd all be healthier if we just took, uh, you know, from Friday sundown till Saturday sundown and, and just had special times with God and, and meditated and did some wonderful, healthy things like that. And, and, and you know, because I know some are going to say, it's impossible. I'm a shift worker. I work on the weekends. Uh, I'm a student. I got two assignments that are due on Monday. Am I supposed to just take 24 hours off just before that? I work a part-time job on the weekend because I, I need it to pay the rent or the mortgage so I won't have too much, uh, you know, rent at the end of the month left over. Does that mean that I will never be able to benefit from the Sabbath? Now, now hold on. Watch now how your unique schedule and responsibilities can benefit from Sabbathing. Because look at, uh, before we pray together about this, here's what we're going to look at. How do I Sabbath? Then we're going to look at some examples of people Sabbathing. Very creative uh, how people will Sabbath. And then we're going to see that surprise that I told you about earlier, all right? The surprise outcome for Sabbathers. All right, first of all, how do I Sabbath? There's really three criteria. Here's the first one. Break from the work you do the rest of the week. Break. Sabbath means, do you remember? Shabbat means to cease and celebrate. This is the cease part of cease and celebrate. You, you, you cease from what you're doing the rest of the week. You do something different from what you've been doing the rest of the week. Now for me, um, doing what I do right now is based on what I do the rest of the week, along with you know helping people, talking to people in meetings and mentoring. But if you don't do what I do or others do on the weekends like this, then a great way to build your Sabbath is around the weekend gathering. And even as we get back into physical gatherings and more and more people volunteer, great for you to be able to get in on that. You can have that part of your Sabbath. You're going to see how this works. Because you, you, it's not what you're doing the rest of the week. Listen, if you work mainly with your mind all week, do something physically uh, physical on the Sabbath. If you work mainly physically all week, do something with your mind like reading something that feeds your soul. So, so do you see it? That's the first criteria. You press pause on what you do the rest of the week and you do something different. Second, do what replenishes your soul. In a moment, we're going to hear all kinds of examples of what people will do that will replenish their soul. It's, it's it quite, uh, quite creative, quite enlightening. Humans are not work animals. You, you were not designed to just to work, work. You were designed to know God. It's right in the mission of this church, to know God, to develop that life in Jesus Christ. You're a spiritual being. You weren't, you're more than an animal. You're giving a, a spiritual capacity to, to know God and grow in Jesus, his son. You know, Jesus said this, remember? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Look at this. You will find rest for your souls. Do you know what that is to experience rest for your soul? You know, if your soul could talk, do you know what it would say to you? <laughs> I need rest too, you know. All right? 
So do what replenishes your soul. We'll see more about that. And then third criteria, how do I Sabbath? Unmute God's rest for your soul. Have you ever been in a meeting, especially during this pandemic, and, and, and someone's saying something that could be really, really good, it's what everyone needs to hear to move forward, but it's almost because they're on mute and you cannot hear. You know, that, that's what we do when we, we don't have Sabbath in our lives. Our busyness is our mute button. And we just, God may be saying, Jesus and the Holy Spirit saying all kinds of good things that would help us do life better and even more effectively and efficiently, but we're not hearing. We're not hearing. It's so, so busy just to get, go through life with Jesus on mute. Sabbath is to cease and celebrate. This is the celebration part, all right? It's sensing God's smile upon you. Just whatever I am doing, Jesus, you, you are there. Uh, you know, thinking of the Olympics, and uh, some of you may have years ago saw the movie called Chariots of Fire, made about the gold medal Olympian Eric Liddell, or Eric Riddell. And remember, his sister was pressuring him to uh, take the leadership of his parents' missionary work. And, uh, and he said this. I love what he said. He, he said, I believe God made me for a purpose. He was Scottish. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. <laughs> do you know what it's like to just do something? You're not in church. You're not, you know, studying the Bible maybe, but you're, you just do something that you're gifted to do and you just feel the smile of God upon you. For me, Sabbath means doing something different from what I do the rest of the week, studying the scripture, leadership meetings, mentoring people, counseling, praying with people. You know, I, in my years in Toronto, where I really was uh, doing Sabbath well, I would wake up at, uh, you know, five and something in the morning. Wouldn't set the alarm, would just wake up so excited to travel north to build more on a cottage that I was building on a little lake up there. I'd work all day at something that I loved doing and, and just singing and, and working. Uh, you know, uh, I, I went home one day, I got arrived back home in Toronto after midnight and uh, just my, my soul was uh, full, my body was tired. And, and I was telling Esther, my wife, the next day, I said, you know, I, I arrived, there, there was so much snow in the driveway, I couldn't get in, so I just left my car at the end, had tools in one hand, food in the other, backpack on my back, and just trudged through snow above my knees, and you know what that's like, you just, you're huffing and puffing, your, your, your cardiovascular system is in overdrive, and you're just, and I said, but even though I was working so hard like that, I said, I couldn't get the smile off my face. Just loved it. Just loved it. it. Just it just replenished me. You say, uh, Pastor Keith, you're crazy. Well, well, look, watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Was I doing something different than I do the rest of the week? Oh yeah. Was I replenished? Oh yeah. Was my soul unmuted the whole day? Oh yeah. I just sensed uh, it was a wonderful time with me and Jesus during that day. You say, that sure wouldn't replenish me. I'm getting tired just hearing you talk about it. I worked physically all the rest of the week. Okay, but you know, during this pandemic, just a, another example, you, my wife and I sort of got a jump start on Black History Month, and we've been reading books about, uh, two books about the uh, Underground Railroad in Canada, you know, where black slaves from especially the southern U.S. were helped along underground to get into what they called the promised land of Canada, and, and what they had to overcome 
Even when they got here, some of the racism they even encountered here in Canada, what they had to overcome, it's just, was, it's just so inspiring. Especially in the middle of a pandemic, you read inspiring stories like that. It's just like, well, we can get through and overcome what we're going through these days. When I taught a leadership class uh, here at the church pre-pandemic, uh, one of the assignments I would give would to be describe the Sabbath and then the next week say, how are you doing it in your life? I, I loved, you know, one, one said, I, I go to the zoo with my kids, just got the, the seasons pass. And you say, well, yeah, does that meet the criteria? Yeah, it's something different than he did the rest of the week. And uh, it replenished him. He just loved it. Just, just, it was good. And he could sense the presence of God just out there in creation and walking around, enjoying seeing animals that God had made, weird and wonderful. And another one said they bicycle along Toronto's trail systems. Just get out there. Just, just sense God's presence. Another one, he said, you know, my kids are adults. They left home. They have their own lives and places. But he says, one day a week, I do something I don't usually do. I, I cook for them during the day. We have them all over. And we have a good family <laughs> reconnection time every week. Just a, a great Sabbath, you know. Do you know there's an article I read last week that Canadian physicians, your, your GP, in collaboration with Parks Canada, they are now allowed to prescribe a new treatment for patients for their mental and physical health. Do you know what it's called? The outdoors. The outdoors. Why? Because research has shown, the article explained, that positive health benefits of connecting with nature include a better immune function, better life expectancy, and a lessened risk of heart disease, anxiety, and depression. You know, just, you know, just maybe take a break from social media and just, just going, going, getting outside. Listen, uh, we asked, speaking of social media, we asked this past week, how do you recharge? There's a lot of responses, about 20 responses here, but a number of them say, walks in nature, go for a walk, read. Some say boundaries. One says, I make a grateful for. I'm what I'm grateful for list. And I meditate with God. One says, I turn off my phone, go to a drive to a scenic spot, and talk to myself or pray to God. Someone says, I sleep more and well, and I take naps. Get this, one, one says, I get out for a drive and then stop for breakfast. They're up early, I guess. And then someone says, a spa day at home, sans kids or hubby. <laughs> but what would you do, for instance, if you, had, you were a parent in a home with young children? Come on, how are you ever going to be able to take a Sabbath? It is the night before Sabbath and all through the house the creatures are going to bed and we're going to take you on a bit of our journey on how the Smith family does Sabbath. Guys, what's tomorrow? <laughs> Sabbath! Sabbath! Yeah. Sabbath! But today's Sabbath Eve. Sabbath Eve, that's right. Okay, good night, I love you. Good night. Eight years ago, this isn't something that we really looked forward to. It's something we did just because we felt it was the right thing to do. Then I heard someone talk about Sabbath as something that their entire family looked forward to like someone's birthday. And it started us on a journey to try and figure out how can we get Sabbath to replenish us because we needed it. So we're just going to show you a few things that worked for us as a, a young family 
and we hope that you find some of this helpful. What we start with though, is by getting ready. By putting stuff away, no more work, putting my, my phone on do not disturb, hiding the computer, the work stuff. Now let's get to bed and get ready for Sabbath. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Hey, why didn't you make your bed today? Because it's Sabbath. Well, Sabbath has already started. We had a little sleep in, which was good. And something that we've learned is that Sabbath can be just as much about what you don't do as much as it is what you do. And so we don't do things that normally would be work for us. So Margaret's cooking for us all week. So she often will, will order in food on, on Sabbath or I'll cook something. And for me, I don't get to cook very often. I like doing it. So today I'm making bread and that's something I like to do. And that'll be one of our, our big things that we love to do is celebrate with food. One of the things that we, we decided to do is just to learn to celebrate. And that means we do stuff that we really enjoy and we really love. So the boys, they're gonna do things like play and play and play. <laughs> Margaret sometimes will go to Home Depot just for the coffee and walk around. I'll often lie down on the couch and just have some time to myself reading or, and what do we do? What do we do guys like every, every night on Sabbath? Um, watch a movie. We watch a movie. It's a movie night on Friday night or, or on Sabbath night. Yeah, because yeah. everybody should get it. Yeah, that's right. One of the things that has helped us enjoy Sabbath the most is not feeling like it's a regiment that we have to tick a whole bunch of boxes, but something where we just, we feel it out and we let ourselves make decisions as we go uh, based on how we're feeling and what's really gonna lift our hearts and make us feel better connected to each other and to God, and even, you know, even to ourselves. We would not miss Sabbath. So is that Smith family celebrating Sabbath? Well, they're ceasing from what they do the rest of the week. They're, they're doing stuff that replenishes their soul, and they're unmuting God's rest for their soul. Now, here's the surprise outcome. Remember I told you there was a surprise in the outcome? For Sabbathers? Listen, because when you do the math, and this is the way I used to do it, I would, I would think, well, if I take those hours in a day, I'm going to have less productivity because <laughs> I've got less work done. And it, it, it works totally different than that. Now, we've already seen that the unmuted life with Jesus, especially when you have a day where you're more attuned and, and open to hearing him, it, you know, there's that. So you go deeper in Jesus. It's healthier in the rest of your areas of your life. You, 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 you're a better person in helping others. But watch this. When you Sabbath, when you go, when you, when you go, back into the rest of the days of your week, you've got more energy. I've learned this. You've got more efficiency, more creativity, and there's an impact that you have at a deeper level because it's coming not just from, you know, shallowness. It's coming from depth in your life. You know, maybe the name that comes up more than any other name during Black History Month is uh, Dr. Martin 
Luther King Jr. And, and people quote things he says. Wow, where did he get that? Where's that depth from? But listen to, I, I found this this past week. Listen to some of what was on the commitment card that you had to sign before you could participate in, in some of those world-changing uh, marches. For, for, for justice and for social justice and, and rights of all human beings. And you had to, on the commitment card, meditate daily on the teachings and life of Jesus, walk and talk in a manner of love, for God is love, pray daily to be used by God in order that all might be free. You were committed really to a non-violence of heart in your soul only then could you be part of a non-violence march. You know, the Sabbath outcome of productivity is probably best illustrated by a story I told, I don't know, in one of the gatherings here in years past. But it's about two men who both live out in the country on their big properties. And they're in a contest to see who can chop down the most wood in one day. And they agreed when they would start. They agreed when they would stop. Then they picked up their axes at their two individual properties. They, could, they couldn't see each other, but they could hear each other chopping. And they just went at it. They just went at it. And uh, one just went for the full duration. All of the hours, no breaks. And he noticed a couple of times during the day he would listen and he would hear no sound from his neighbor next door. There was no chopping going on. And, and, and he thought, well, it just almost like inspired him. Well, I'm gonna, really going to beat him. And he'd go at it all the more. And at the end of the day, he was so surprised to see that his neighbor was the one who had chopped a lot more wood. And he said, well, how in the world did that happen? And the neighbor who had chopped more wood, and yet there were times where he wasn't chopping, he said, you know, when you heard me stop chopping, I was sharpening my axe. That's exactly the way it works with the Sabbath. We think, well, well if I, I can't just stop to but we're sharpening our souls and we're going deeper in God. And then when we do go to work, we've got so much more to give. I, in, in, in Pastor Jonathan's Q&A time at the end of the teaching last weekend, he, he said something that I had learned from my days when I, I used to just try and keep everybody happy and, and all busy and, and just do whatever I could to help people. I didn't Sabbath and I learned this, <laughs> that I would go on empty. And I learned that the person who was always available is not worth much when they are. But you know, when you Sabbath, you just have more to give to others. God knows what he's doing when he said, I want the humans to be prescribed a, a, a Sabbath. And at the end of your life, you know what? You're going to be healthier. If you practice this from this and every week from the going forward, you're going to be healthier. You're, you're, you're going to go deeper with Jesus. And your life is going to have a bigger impact on the lives of others, even those that you love, a much bigger impact. Because you know what happens? You know what happens? You have an increased productivity in what matters. That's what happens. That's, the, that's surprising, but it's true. All right. So the rest of 2022, here's the challenge, all right? We're going to pray about it, but, but it, this only works if you practice it, okay? 
And you may mess it up or learn. Listen, you heard from Pastor Matt with his family, and you hear from me that I, I, I've learned, learned, learned more as time goes on. But you got to start somewhere. Why not just start as soon as you can plan it out for, the, for some week that's coming here? The rest, get that? The rest of 2022 challenge, break from the work you do the rest of the week. What would that mean for you? Do what replenishes your soul. What does that mean for you? And unmute God's rest for your soul. Know God's pleasure. Know his presence. Know him filling your tank up that day. All right, let's pray for you, for each one of us. Lord, we thank you. I'm so excited at how much better the future of our lives will be as we take this gift of a Sabbath that you gave to benefit us. It's made for us, like Jesus said. Help us to to cease and to celebrate. Help us to stand back and enjoy and go deeper and be better people. Help us to keep the mute button off, O Lord. Help us to recharge, replenish, and refresh our souls that we might refresh others, Lord. So, So thank you. Thank you for telling us <laughs> with this wonderful Sabbath therapy what will make our souls deeper and make our lives more impactful and what we'll be glad we did when we're with you someday, Jesus. So bless and guide your people. Help us to Sabbath well, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time. Thank you.